Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. There they are. Speaking the words. There we are. <sighs> yeah, we're good, I In guess. Theory. All right. Good evening, everyone. <sighs> Tomorrow, I will have been married for two weeks. How's it going? Since I got both of you in the room, you can't hear Mindy, but she's over there. We haven't killed each other yet. Actually, no, no fights uh, between the two-legged residents of the Domicile. Well, there are the four-legged number, creatures, however. There are a number of four-legged creatures. Hello, four-legged creature. Welcome, everyone, to the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I'm Timothy Harvey, now with and, 100% more dog. And that is, that is junior office dog, Penny, um, who is... Probably the most troublesome of the lot, I will say. Um, she is as great as graceful as a newborn colt, which is to say, she's Bambi. Not uh, yes, yes. She's Bambi. Little legs scrambling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's she's very that's friendly. Very, oh yes, she's very friendly. She's very friendly, and and she seems to be a very pleasant dog. <laughs> Going for my coffee, not allowed. You don't need any coffee. You're hyper in Okay, you have to get down. Go on, come here. All right. Yes. We do have our coffee. Mm-hmm. We don't have a coffee sponsor yet. I know. We're working on that. However, we do have a uh, a sponsor that uh, that you can uh, find all sorts of licensed merchandise. Superherostuff.com, where you can. Uh, get 10% off when you use the promo code sci-fi for me 10 and on the screen if you're watching on 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 video we have a, a handy dandy QR code you can scan or you can do it the old-fashioned way you can uh, type in superhero stuff.com in the browser and if you would like to support us in some financial way we are live right now you can send coffee but we are live right now so the super chats are active but we also have an account over at Subscribestar that you can sign up and support us that way it's kind of like patreon um but so far it's it seems that it's not tainted by uh very much of the politics so anyway that's that's how things are. How are you doing? I'm okay. Just okay. Yeah. Well, it's uh, I had a I've had a uh, exciting day uh, diving into legal documents and writing a contract, and um, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's very fun. Oh well, I spent I spent a day last week. Was it last week? I don't even know anymore. Um, basically, going through a license. It's it's essentially uh, one of the one of the organizations with the company I work for. Um, we're entering into a partnership for training videos and things like that. Yeah. And so it's 
we want to have our own contract with them for this, and it's you know basically just you're allowed to host our material on your website, blah blah blah. That's sure. Thing. Um, hang, hang on. I'm sorry. What? I'm blurry. He's blurry. I I'm naturally blurry. <laughs> I'm naturally out of focus. Yeah. Well, that's the that's that's the 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 soft focus filter that they use so in Star young. Trek. Jerry Finnerman <laughs> constantly using the soft so focus. So I look filter. younger and prettier. Yeah. Um, which is needs to be a lot more blurry than that. <laughs> anyway, um, every week, folks, every week there's something. There is there always right? is. That's okay. Well, but. you know, and we're doing pretty good. For the fact that that I've got the software actually talking to all of the cameras as it is. I mean, the bump shot camera not working, but at least our close-up cameras are working this time out. So <laughs> ten, 10 minutes before we went on the air, they weren't. Yeah. So So anyway, uh, just lots of... I've, I've spent a chunk of today, and I'll spend a, a most of tomorrow uh, writing this document that I spent a day just researching all the different... Because, I mean, there's these, these agreements all are alike, but mm -hmm. they all have differences, and so finding one that speaks to what we want to do exactly means writing some stuff of my own. Wow, all stuff that a, all stuff that a, a lawyer will have to look at after the fact. Right? Why in the world does it look like that? Let me let me do. Let's do this and then this. I've had to I've had to do that sometimes. It doesn't. Is that gonna work? Almost do that whole thing where they kick the bottle. <laughs> Oh, you know what? You know what happened? I know what I did. Okay. A uh, little bit of inside baseball here, folks. If you just be patient. Okay, so, Mindy Engineer, if you could go into his camera, double-click his camera. Double you have to go into his camera. No, no. Yeah, go into that. Okay. Double-click his camera. No, double-click the double-click the source. Double-click the, the, the source where it says Tim Camera. Du no. Up. Uh, in sorts, in the in the sorts window, under. All right, it's going to be much easier if I just double click that. Double click. All right, now hit configure. Configure video or configure video. Now, um, under it under settings or wherever it says wherever you see focus, click on autofocus. Click on autofocus. Now now. Move that, move that window over so you can see Tim, and use the slider and put him in focus. Because I used this camera for Mindy's close-up on Good Morning Multiverse. Oh, okay, sure. And it's a sure. different distance, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I forgot that I had changed the focus on the camera, so that's my fault. Hit okay. Now, does that look? Does that uh. look better? Yeah, that looks that looks that looks a little better. Although that's it's not framed where I had it, but okay. Anyway, I don't. It's whatever. It is what it is. You can only make me look so good because then you run into the reality. And well, you know, this I is a like reality me. show. <laughs> we're not we're not making things up here. Um, mm. Okay, but it's not so, a reality show. Well, that's true. That's true. I've actually worked on reality shows. So have I. It is all fake. Um, and if if this comes as a shock to you, for kids at home, 
I'm terribly sorry to have, have ruined the I'm illusion. I, I am perfectly fine ruining reality TV so it goes away. I have actually, so, um, oh God, it's another thing where we date ourselves. So I am old enough. I, I, I'm, not, I'm too expensive to date right now. <laughs> well, you're married, so that would just be completely inappropriate. Mm. True. Unless, you, unless, unless, the, unless the two of you have a relationship yes. that I'm a little unaware of. Yes. Anyway. By, by the way, see our new our new face-off shot is what I call oh, it. Oh, is that what that is? Yes, that's what it is. Uh, so the uh, when I was in college is when um, the real world, MTV's The Real World. Oh, yes. Which, um, now, now MTV's The Real World and the first Survivor, the very first season of Survivor, were not actually, in fact, the first reality TV shows. Uh, England had a reality TV show, I think, in the 70s, 60s or 70s, that was um, kind of groundbreaking at the time. I think there was something in the U.S. that was earlier. But in terms of the explosion of reality TV and the whole how reality TV became the thing, mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at, you know, uh, MTV's The Real World Survivor. And we watched the first season of MTV's The Real World. I didn't. We did. <laughs> uh, because we were like, what is this thing that is happening here? And then we watched the first season of Survivor. And then after having watched the first season of Survivor, I said, why would I ever want to watch another season of this? <laughs> what, well, it's now, all just going to be variations on a theme. Now, we know, uh, we know somebody here from Kansas City who right. uh, was on Survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what season she was on, but yeah, um, I don't remember either. But yeah, and and I have, I have uh, put together audition reels mm-hmm. for a couple of people who are auditioning for uh, the 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 race, the great race right. around yeah, the yeah. world. Mm-hmm. You know, do the thing and stuff. So yeah, I've had that, and then of course there's a couple of shows that have come into town. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, the, and and, the, and and in in terms of the benefit that the work they bring to a place like Kansas City, and we, Steph Scuppum, who runs the Kansas City Film Office, has done a really good job of bringing in uh, film and TV to the Kansas City market. Yeah. And she's brought in a lot of reality TV, and I'm I'm completely on board with that. I'm just not going to watch it. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen my episode of Extreme Couponing that I uh, Extreme worked on. Couponing? Extreme Couponing? Okay. This is a thing that happens, and it was very, very entertaining um, because I got to see all the behind-the-scenes things, and I, uh, yeah, um, let's I, just say there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, kids. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I worked on... An MTV role. Well, you and I have done a oh, couple yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was what was it? What was it called? Oh God! Oh. Well, it was drunk. It was dr- a drunk trivia. Of drunk some sort. trivia. Um, yeah, and that may actually been the title. I can't remember. It was basically. We were the oldest we, people on set. I know. I know. We were. We were the old, <laughs> oldest one in the neighborhood too. So we go down. Where was this? We went down to it was down Westport, Westport. Yeah. Where all the bar? You know where uh, a number of bars are, and. Um, Anyway, let's let's use let's use that one when it gets heated. The the, the face that's why we call it the the face off setup. So okay, all right. Well, he was there. I was there. I so, so okay, this isn't gonna work. Everything's falling off. So 
So we're down we're down in the Westport district, which is you know, there's a number of bars down there. We're down there, I don't know, maybe eleven o'clock midnight or whatever. Yeah, and so this this basically the setup of this is that you go down to a bar area and they went in Kansas City wasn't the only place they went, obviously. Right. Um, but they go down to these bar areas and a lot of college towns have them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a lot of metros have them. Some area where you've got a bar district. Yeah. Essentially. And Kansas City has several. Um, and this is where the twenty somethings will get drunk. Right. And the show staff finds the drunk ones. Mm-hmm. The drunker, the better. Right. So you actually don't start filming till like one o'clock in the morning. Right. Because you got to let them get drunk. Right. And then you ask them questions, and supposedly hilarity ensues. I um, I don't recall any hilarity. I believe the other... I believe the qualifier was supposedly. Yes. So, but this yeah. is the premise of the show, and it yeah. is. A thing, I guess. I don't know how long that show lasted. I don't, I don't think, I think it. Long. I think it was a season. But um, the other show that I did for MTV was called um, uh, "Unlocking the Truth," mm. and it was uh, it was an interesting uh, in- interesting premise on it because what they were doing is they were going back and they were looking at three different murder convictions, <laughs> and they were going back to all of the raw evidence and the testimony and all of that because these were purportedly. Uh, uh, wrongful convictions. Ah, sure. And I believe out of the three, I think they've got, I think they managed to get one of them overturned Mm. and another one, I think, went back to appeal. So there there was some progress there and I thought, well, okay, that's, that's, it it was an interesting setup. But it was a bear to produce and by that, I mean, it was Terrible production. Um, the 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 guy what's in charge? How we do not get invited to work on an MTV reality TV show in the future? Yeah, I, I don't want to work on an MTV <laughs> reality show in the future. Um, the the guy the guy was in, the guy who was in charge of this one. Um, thought I guess in some other life he was an Oscar winning feature film director. Uh, sure, okay. one of those types. And um, the cameras never stopped rolling mm. from, you know, 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. till we got done at 5, 5.30. I mean, just, there was so much footage. And so much of it was unusable. Right. And I felt so badly for the, for the, the girl who was doing the continuity because she, she was having to listen to all of this and take notes on everything. Right, yeah. Because what did they say? Mm-hmm. What did they say? And, and then and then he'd get on the walkie-talkie and have them say it again, a different way, and said, while we're driving on the highway. And it was, I was like, it was insane. It was an insane shoot. Whereas opposed to the, the drunk trivia show, um, we'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd film till like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then we'd wrap up and take all the gear back. And we'd get back to the hotel 3.30, 3.45. And, and like I said, we were the oldest people on set. And this doesn't say a lot because the majority of the people involved with the production were in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was actually a fairly young shoot for a TV production. Yes, it was. And, uh, of course, so they're, they're still, like, wired. 
and they're like, let's let's hang out and talk and yeah. have drinks and all we're... the Red Bull. <laughs> and we were like, bye. Yeah. I'm going home. I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's right. All right. We're tired, old man. Have we told you about our lawn today? Oh God. But uh, I, I I I felt no. I, I I only felt old in the physical sense. Yeah. Just because well, it was that late at night, and for and and because I have a day job and it's not what we were doing. But on the other hand, it was kind of like. Yeah, when I was that age, I'd be happy to do this sort of th- thing too. I'm not now, that see, age anymore. When I was that age, I didn't, I didn't do it. I well, didn't have any interest in doing. it. I was a theater and art student at that age. Sure. Till you know, and and then it was so those kind of hours were. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I did my share of theater, and and you know, we did the the late nights and the whatnot. Sure. And, you right. know, did did the stuff in the radio station and the communications department and whatnot, but. Even then, as a as a film student, as a media student, I didn't have any interest in going out and getting drunk at two o'clock in the morning. I, was like, I did. Oh, I, no. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I just it, it's just that's just never appealed to me. I mean, yeah. part of it is, I guess, part of it is because I don't drink. Yeah. So there's never been that. <laughs> but um, I don't drink like I used to. Now yeah. there's there have the been body times. Can't do it. There have been times I've felt driven to drink, but. I am more than happy to take you out and and guide you through <laughs> no, the night no. where it's just like, for the love of no, God, I need a drink. No, that's okay. Um, uh, just so that you know, Mindy doesn't have to. No, um, that's okay. <laughs> she she can she can tuck you in, but. <laughs> Are you kidding? She's out at nine. 9 p.m. She's a pumpkin. I mean, we we actually call it pumpkin hour. You know, nine 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 thirty pumpkin hour. Done. Yeah. Out. Um, I can't remember the last time I went to bed at nine o'clock. I can't either. Oh, speaking of which, yeah, I have a new fun little gadget. Oh, no. want to see it? Uh, we will eventually get around to our topic, folks. Just, just, just hang tight. <laughs> That's what he this wants is, you to think. This is this is fun. See, we got a new bed last week. Uh huh. Because the queen size bed was not big enough for the animals. <laughs> I got tired. I got tired uh, of little scratchy claws right, sure, uh-huh, digging yeah. into my back, right? This is what because it teaches the other dog to sleep on my feet instead of his. Because of course, right. the little horse likes to burrow right, yeah. under the covers, mm-hmm. right? Because right. apparently men pins do that. And claws right, sure, do not uh-huh. go well on the back. Or any other part of your body. I mean, it's... Right, yeah. Um, so. His thing is, is that he has his side of the bed to himself. Yeah, and I pushed all of them over. <laughs> go over there. All over the there. animals go over to Mindy's side. Yes. So every, mm-hmm. so everybody's right, over sure. there on Mindy's side. <clears throat> but it's still not big enough. So we right. got us a new bed. We got us a sleep number bed. Mm-hmm. We, we, we splurged a little bit. Got ourselves a wedding present. We got us a sleep number bed. And it's got a little... App. It's a smart bed. It's a, it's a smart bed. See, I can, I can, I, it tells me how long I've slept and how well I've slept. Which actually, it kind of, it, it kind of is interesting because I'm supposed to be keeping, keeping a log of my blood pressure. And I've noticed that this week, since we've gotten the, the since we've gotten the new bed, I've been sleeping better. Good. My blood pressure's down. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sit there and say that there's a direct correlation. Quite possibly. That's my story, yeah. and I'm sticking to it. Well, they, they say that good, you know, getting a good night's sleep is better for your health. Yes. And I would, I would say that's probably. You know, that's, that's an important thing. We, we yes. Grumpy. Well, less grumpy is always oh, good, but not, also just physically being. Not going to be less grumpy. Although. <laughs> he's, he refuses to be less grumpy. If Jason isn't grumpy, then who is he? That's right. I'm, I'm some, well, some days I'm sleepy. Well, yes. I'm never bashful, but I'm usually grumpy, but sometimes I'm sleepy. And it usually happens when I'm in the car, driving, <laughs> on the highway. Which is always a good place to be sleepy. That's right. That's right. So Wait, no. So in, in some of the research, it, it was in some of the research on the science, I've been, we've been doing this because I've been looking into ways to help my son sleep better. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because he's up all, he's up all hours because he can't sleep very well. And uh, so I'm I'm researching. We're trying to figure out because he's got he's got some complaints about you know feeling a little anxious and right, nervous yeah. and whatnot. And we're trying to trying to calm this down. And um, I I run across somebody I don't know who sent me an article. We run across an article that said that vitamin B six and iron mm. are some of the building blocks for serotonin, which helps with the the balance of the brain. Right, and all sure. Stuff. Uh-huh. And the other part of that is getting sleep, so the serotonin builds, you know, yeah, all that. Well, the the B six and the iron, you've got to figure out where you're going to get that, mm-hmm, and right. that's a that's a nutrition thing. But then I run across uh, a, an article about tryptophan, which of course is the turkey drug. Right, you know, yeah. you eat turkey, you get sleepy, right? Because there's tryptophan in turkey. Well, there's tryptophan in pistachios. And my kid likes pistachios. It's like, all right, let's try this for a week and see what happens. So, well, he, he, he ate some pistachios last night before bed. He said he slept just fine. So, hopefully, maybe. Well, and biochemistry I mean, is, that, you know, everybody's is different. And we all react. It's like, I mean, uh, depending, uh, caffeine will not keep me awake if. No, me neither. Uh, if I'm, you know, I, I can have a cup of coffee an hour before lying down and going to sleep. And well, they say that you that you should do that about twenty minutes before if you're going to take a nap, mm-hmm. because it affects the the receptors mm. in the brain chemistry. Because what happens is the whatever whatever is in the is in the coffee is it the caffeine, it fills in the gaps that you normally would get that make you sleepy. Mm. It's a, it's a, there's a chemical thing where the the stuff in the and the coffee fills in those gaps and blocks whatever normally goes in there to knock you out. And so when you when you if you drink coffee before you take a nap, you wake up and you're alert and you're not groggy. You know, sometimes you take a nap and you yeah, wake up. Yeah, well, for, of... for me, it's basically if I if I sleep if I take a nap that's longer than thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll slipped over into the you're really trying to sleep now. Right, and that's the the chemical the chemical reactions that are in the brain. The, the coffee apparently blocks those, so when you wake up, you're not. Uh, no, usually I usually take about a thirty minute nap <clears throat> most days. Yeah, um, just because when I'm when I'm finished with work, it's almost like a, a you know, because I work from home, and so there's often like you know, if I squeeze in like a thirty minute nap, sometime after I've wrapped up my work day, mm-hmm. 
that I'm sort of recharged to sit there and turn around and go to whatever it is I'm working on that evening. Because um, we're constantly working. Yeah, and, and I, well, and <clears throat> sometimes I'll split my work day up for whatever reason. I mean, because I have the flexibility of my job to do that. So, for example, I've, I'm planning on going, going back to work tonight. It's just one of those things. Yeah, I've got to do that, too. I've got that dance recital to finish editing and... Uh, yeah, and I've got the well, and I've also got the um, Casey Fringe um, immersive theater show that I filmed mm-hmm. during the Fringe Festival, which is scrapped up here. Um, and I'm editing the film version of the stage show, which is um, an interesting challenge because stage shows and narrative film yeah. are not the same thing. No, they're not. and there's. The way the story is structured for this particular performance, it is not just like setting up a camera. Because you used to see these on the on A&E, right? Back, back in the early days when A&E was the Arts and Entertainment Network, and a lot of it, what they showed in the early days was filmed theatrical productions. Right. I saw Peter O'Toole <laughs> do Pygmalion. Peter O'Toole as Henry Higgins was awesome. <laughs> now, if you are familiar with My Fair Lady... Uh, Pygmalion is the source material. Yes. Um, but Pygmalion is a darker play than My Fair Lady is a musical. Yeah, because My Fair Lady is the musical. Right. It's, and it's, it's a romantic comedy musical. Right. Thing. Pygmalion yeah. is not so much a romantic comedy. No. It is got, it's funny, often. There's romance in it, but the relationship between Eliza Doolittle and Henry Higgins is not one of romantic relationship. Anyway, so Peter O'Toole... Who delivers some very biting things. <laughs> it's very cool. Anyway, um, but I also saw a really bizarre, I remember seeing a really bizarre production of Oedipus Rex, um, which was 19, 1800s crickety, cricket clothing. Oh? It was, yeah, it was very strange. Um, and it was incredibly gory. For a stage production, I was really surprised how much and and the it was there were a lot of wide shots because a lot of these film productions will do wides, sure. and you'll have some some close ups. Mostly they're wides and mids. Very few close ups in most of these things, but there's occasionally. But they went in with the close ups on the gore shots because of course, well, of course, that's uh, the money shot. Spoiler alert for Oedipus Rex: eyes come out at the end, um, yep. and so I mean I was just like, wow. That's like, you know, horror film level gore here. And I was like, sure. Of course, if you're sitting in the audience, you're four rows back, you can't see the quality of the work here. But apparently the make department was like, oh, come on, let's go. (laughs) Let's have some fun. (coughs) And that actually kind of, kind of sort of leads into our our (laughs) topic because Oedipus Rex, of course, is a Greek tragedy that has been performed over and 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 over again. Right, yeah. And technically, you could sit there and say that every performance, every production of Oedipus Rex is a remake. Sure, and and you see that in, in theater productions, that happens all the time. Yeah. There's always a new production. Sometimes it's, it's it can literally be the same production crew changing their own show from season to season. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tilt these cameras down. Just a little bit. However, that's theater, and theater the grand tradition of doing a new version of a theatrical production. That's just part and parcel of the structure of doing theater. There's been you know a, how many different versions of Hamlet, how many different versions of 
pick a play. Yeah. And and that's great. That's what they're for. That's you know, the, finding a new way to tell those stories. And the reason that a lot of those, the success of those stories exist at all is because you can retell that story for a new generation yeah. or or even just a few years apart and get away with it because, hello, theater is a in-person experience, right? For the most part, and we're, you know, even talking about, hello, even talking about the... <laughs> what, are you king of the mountain, dog? What, what do I you... have conquered... <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille. <laughs> what? That's what? right. For the folks who will be listening to this, there is a dog on my lap. The dog is... The dog is not being a lap dog at the moment. The no, dog the dog is, is being... like, I am standing here, and like, you will look at do you, me. Do you remember the opening of Rin Tin Tin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can, All right. Yeah, You're very cute. All right. Anyway. So... Um, so uh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, you know the <laughs> the success of this sort of model works great for theater because it's very in person. I mean, you and yeah. and relatively speaking, it's it's a neighborhood event, right? So if you go to see a show in on Broadway in New York, you're seeing it in New York. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing it in Colorado. You're not seeing it in L.A. You're not seeing it in. in in Tucson, you're not seeing it in Vancouver or London or anywhere. You're seeing it in New York, and it applies anywhere. If you're seeing it in Kansas City, it's it's a very personal experience because you're there. Right. Film, however, has a much wider reach, and while we certainly can see um, a reasonable number of reboots happening the question becomes sometimes what's a reasonable number of reboots <laughs> yeah i i i would say that a reasonable number of reboots is maybe eight to ten percent of the output that's going into theaters at any given time maybe less um and part of that is we've just gotten to the point where over and over and over again we're seeing another version of sure. I mean we just had, you know Aladdin just hit theaters the Lion King just hit theaters we've got we've got uh, 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 the Little Mermaid about to go into production as well as the live show are those two separate things they're two separate things we got a be, oh, we got a live okay. action movie with Black Ariel, when they right, say, you know, yeah. the internet blew up over Black Ariel. Right, That's yeah. the live action Mermaid movie. Mermaid Kids, fictional character. That's the live action movie. Relax. And then you're going to have a live action. It's a hybrid mm-hmm. of live action and the animated. So they're going to take the animated and they're going to mix in live performances of some of the songs huh, with the animated movie, which sounds just. Why are you even bothering to do this? Are you kidding me, dog? It's the dog show, <laughs> apparently. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? Dogs for everyone. <laughs> okay, well, since the dogs have interrupted, Mindy, could you do me a favor? Could you tilt my my single camera down just a little bit? And then basically you do this. This, this that sticks out. Un- uh, just... 
loosen it that way and then just tilt it. And yes, we'll see. Office dog is Lisa's probably going to lie down, and that's fine. I don't have a problem if you lie down. Okay, are you going to settle? Are we settling? (laughs) H two O now with two hundred percent more dog. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, that's interesting. I, I, I had somehow I'd, I'd saw I'd saw a, a headline of the story and hadn't realized. I, cause I, I was thinking, well, maybe this is going to be a, yeah, it's going to be a TV thing instead of a film thing, which is fine. Whatever. There, there's going to be there's going to be the live action. There's going to be, you know, the live action movie, and then there's going to be the 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 TV live mm-hmm. t- live TV thing. Well, but, I think it, you know it's interesting because and we've talked about this before. I don't necessarily have a problem with the remake of something that is not done well the first time. Yeah, and I but think th- all of this stuff was was done okay yeah, before. And, 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 and things get weird no when you look at something like, you know, we're on our third actor to play Spider-Man in 20 years. Right. We're on we're getting a new Batman. Yes. Um we're getting In more ways than one. Did you see did you see the news? Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Which <laughs> oh. is just like Oh, that's beautiful. I know. Maybe I'm we're so gonna get our Batman Beyond. Um, anyway, uh, the um, but then you have something like Dune. We're getting a, we're getting a new version of Dune, right? But and there have been two prior versions of Dune. One was, of course, the David Lynch film. Then there was the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries, which was also followed by Children of Dune, which was better than the David Lynch movie. And well, I and I guess well, I think it was more. It's certainly more true to the source material, but at the same time, the richness. And depth of Dune um, is a challenge to bring to this screen. Mm. And while I am enthusiastic about the new version, I'm also concerned because Dune is a very complicated novel. It has a, you know, the problem with doing Dune is like the problem of doing Les Miserables. Okay, so if you've only mm. if you've only seen the musical, yeah, okay, that's like. 25, no, maybe 40% of the book. If that. Because the book is a lot about political theory and, and history and all this different stuff that's going on. The, the through line, the story is a fraction of the book. Mm-hmm. And Dune, certainly what we saw with the David Lynch version, was boiled down to the straight essence of the and, and even then some divergent stuff quite a bit of divergent stuff yes um and they ex- they were able to expand that with the sci-fi channel miniseries um but even then when they did the sequel with james mcavoy uh quite young at the time uh doing uh his in children of dune that was actually combining dune messiah and children of dune into one miniseries yeah because dune messiah is a book that's like this thin which considering that dune is like <laughs> you know, um, Dune Messiah is fairly fairly slight, but it also has a fairly slight story, so you could actually put it in as the sort of the setup for Children of Dune. Yeah, but even so, um, I'm concerned because you know Dune is a politics novel. It's part of the story. I mean, it's you, it's really hard to pull the politics out of Dune. It's really hard to pull the ecology discussions out of Dune because of the nature of what Dune is, the planet itself. And, and there's lots given, of stuff in there. And given how things are going right now, politics-wise, there is a danger in doing it wrong. And, well, yeah, and but it's by also... that, I don't necessarily mean 
your politics are wrong because you believe a certain way. It's if we're doing a movie about politics and politics drives the story, Mm -hmm. you have to do it in a way that stays true to the story and don't inject your own and start turning it into preachy propaganda movie. Well, and especially considering that that there's... uh, I mean, you you look at Supergirl, this season of Supergirl. Which I haven't seen. Completely off the rails with the with the metaphor with the with the um, uh, illegal aliens at the border metaphor. Mm. I mean, way over the top, in your face. Hey, we have a message, mm-hmm. and it got really bad. Well, and I think with Dune, you run into the issue that when it was written, um, it was very much heavily inspired by the. Um, well, the relationship between the East, the, the Middle East, and, and the Western world in terms of oil, mm-hmm. um, melange, the spice, to some degree. And this is like a gross oversimplification. If you've ever read the novel, you will know that. And if you haven't read the novel, you should. You should. But, but this is a gross oversimplification. But to some degree, melange, the spice, is meant to be a stand-in for oil yeah. to a degree, right? Um, and and Dune is meant to be a stand-in for the Middle East, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, these are broad strokes here, and I'm really oversimplifying it. It cannot, it cannot be more clear here. This is very dumbed down. But at the same time, it dealt a lot with there was certainly establishment of of the the how how the Western world dealt with Middle Eastern culture and things like that. There's a there's a lot in there because Herbert Frank Herbert was the kind of writer who would dive into the history and then explore the ramifications of things in a science fiction setting. It was really it's incredibly rich world yeah, it's, building. It's, it's a very dense story. And it's really, really good. And the challenge is to bring that out in a way that is engaging in a visual medium. Mm-hmm. Which I think that when you look at something like like you filmmakers make these decisions. David Lynch chose not to delve into that. Yeah. Uh, whether whether it was studio mandated or creative decisions, you know. Well, and I think I think that's where you're going to run into a, a, a complete difference in approach because uh, Denny Villeneuve did Blade Runner mm-hmm. 2049 and the aesthetic that's in that film is so much like the original mm-hmm. it it showed it, at least for that picture it showed me that he's got a respect for the source material and I yeah. think in this one he's so enthusiastic and he's so excited yeah. about doing this I think he's going to be very careful in making sure that he gets that right on the visual side mm-hmm. As well as on the story Oh, I am side, very so. excited to see what the visuals look like because if you look at how the various, the technology, the, the, the whether it's personal or weaponry or, or the, the guild navigators, mm-hmm. um, all these, the sandworms themselves. Yeah, everything's, this, everything's going to be. I'm, I'm really excited to see how it looks. And I'm excited about the production, even if it's, I'm, I'm not expecting it to be a word for word true adaptation you're never gonna get that that. and do and if you and if you go into it thinking that it's not going to live up to the book or the comic book or whatever it is they're adapting um you're going in the wrong way they're a separate beast who was it that was trying to do an adaptation of dune before lynch was it tartakovsky 
Tar. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Gen- Gennady Tartakovsky. I think yeah, but there's it, a documentary about right. it. But his his <laughs> ver- version, his version, his version of Dune was going to be insane. Yeah, and so Dune is one of those books that um, it's kind of like going to see 2001 in the theater when it was new. A certain amount of let's drop acid and go see 2001 <laughs> was a thing that really happened because the visuals in 2001 are so interesting. Yeah. And if you're gonna if you're gonna do you know that kind of you know play with your with your perceptions, um, I would imagine because I've never done it, but I would imagine it was probably very very interesting to watch. I would think so. Dr- <clears throat> at the core of Dune is a certain in is an in context drug culture in Dune how the spice affects people as they take it. And so a a certain segment of the drug culture of the 60s and 70s latched on to Dune. And and this version of the film would have been, first of all, it was supposed to be like 18 hours long. And this this is back before you had miniseries on television. Mm -hmm. This would have been in the theater. Yeah. Like... Well, what was what was the one that Andy Warhol did called Sleep that was eight hours long? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, so it's just, I mean, it would have been insane. But uh, um, he was going to get Pablo Picasso somebody, was going to play the emperor. Remake sleep, <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe. Um, it just oh. <clears throat> no, <laughs> don't do not remake any Andy Warhol properties. Okay, we do not need a remake of Andy Warhol's Dracula. Well, Burger King did it. Burger King came back and they did a thing. Uh, did you see the the TV commercial? They revived. Apparently, some somewhere back in the day, they had shot Andy Warhol doing. So it was part of this series of things that they so a series of <laughs> of vignettes. Okay. It wasn't even for Burger King. Sure, right. And and the vignette was uh, we want we want to shoot Andy Warhol eating a burger. Okay. And you know just it was something something innocuous, and right. it was part of this whole set of the celebrities doing something. I have, I have a, for some reason I have a hard time envisioning Andy Warhol just eating a burger. Well, and, and that's <laughs> that's what it was. And they explained the concept. And you say, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do it. And so they they ran down to the nearest place. It turns out it was a Burger King. So they brought back, and there's the logo and the Burger King. He picks up and he starts eating a burger. And sure, okay. Burger King repurposed that not too long ago. I think you could probably still find it on YouTube. The, they've turned it into a commercial. Be like Andy Warhol. <laughs> okay. First of all, it's 2019. Mm-hmm. How many people are going to know who Andy Warhol is now? Well, a lot, but how relevant is Andy Warhol now to the people who that ad is really targeted to? Right. But see, the thing about it is, though, Andy Warhol, back in the day, mm-hmm. was, I guess, if, if, there was, if there was an internet culture back then, mm-hmm. Andy Warhol would have been an influencer. Oh, God, yeah. Like, uh, he still was. Carl's Jr. Uh, no, not, 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 not you know. no, not like Paris Hilton in the in the Carl's Jr. No, no. Andy, War- no, Andy Warhol would have. Andy Warhol just he sat would there have and ate the ruled. He would have ruled the internet. Oh yeah, for at least a little while. He, he would, would have. have. He would have basically because he, you know, he was one of the. He understood mass marketing in a way that that very few people in the art world certainly did, and yeah. it made him a star. 
you know, he was one of those people, he mass produced his artwork uh, in a way, you know, he basically had a whole bunch of other artists doing the work and he would come along and sign it. And you know what? It was a hell of a model and it worked for him. Yeah. However you feel about that, yep. he sat there and went, no one said I can't. And everyone sat there and went, ah, well, that, Here's, this is the true. brand. This mm-hmm. is the brand. And it worked. And and <clears throat> yeah. certainly, um, you if even if you don't, even if you're young enough to really not know who Andy Warhol is, you've seen his work. Yeah. It's out there in the world, and you, you're you going to come across it. Yeah. My dad actually met him at a party once. Really? Yeah. Um, Andy Warhol um, came to my dad's college in Iowa, and... Um, so he was supposed to have a party at the dean's house. Mm-hmm. He gave a, a talk, and he was going to this reception at the dean's house. And apparently, some friends of my father's had sort of rerouted it to their house. Oh, and rerouted the party or rerouted the guest? Rerouted the guest. So oh. Andy ended up at this other party, and then of course the dean, the people at the dean's party realized this, and it wasn't that far away, so they just came over to the other guy's house. And um, Andy Warhol had been cornered by somebody. Who was just and my dad was just helping carrying around, offering people drinks and food and that sort of thing. Right. And he kind of came up and he saw that Andy Warhol had been cornered, and he was like, um, you, know, "You know, is there some way I can help you get out of this?" And Andy Warhol's like, "Please." <laughs> <laughs> so I think I guess he I guess he helped basically helped him just get away from this person who was monopolizing his time. So that was my dad's brush with. With Andy Warhol greatness. <laughs> See, and that's and that's so like what you would expect from an Andy Warhol story, right? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, something that that just kind well, of off, was, you offbeat. Know, it was off the fifteen the minutes of fame. He's the, if you you've heard the phrase fifteen minutes of fame. Nah. That's Andy Warhol. Yeah, that was like everybody in in the future. Everyone's going to have it. Everyone's going to have their fifteen minutes. And shock and surprise, because of the internet. We haven't had it yet. Uh, well, but <laughs> that's what, I mean, the internet really is, you know, considering all the people who are quote unquote famous on the internet. Well, yeah. And you look at them and go, why for are you, what? Yeah, why are exactly. You? And hey, you know, by all means, great, whatever. If you're a fan of these folks, all power to you. But when you consider some of these folks, they're famous for opening a box mm-hmm. and taking out a thing or, that, that reminds or playing me, a video game. Um, mm-hmm. YouTube apparently is changing their rules again. Sure. Um, and I I need to do some research into it because what I'm hearing now causes me great concern because YouTube apparently is deciding that they have a different a different definition for fair use than what the legal definition of fair use is. Okay. And it uh, I've seen I've seen a couple of the YouTubers that I follow have have started to discuss this because the, the it's basically YouTube telling people that you you can't the way they've worded it it could very well be this blanket policy that would catch anybody that does a reaction video. Anybody that does a commentary video, hmm. anybody that does a mashup, anybody that does a parody, and any of that stuff, um, which going into the elections in November, you know, the, the 2020 elections, 
could very well have an impact on political speech more than, you know, as well as anything else. Because sure, when you right. go into a political campaign season, mm-hmm. you have a lot of pundits, you have a lot of commentary, you have a lot right, of parody yeah. uh-huh. and all this. And we even see it now with the battle between um, Stopes and the Babylon Bee. You know, Snopes basically trying to paint the Babylon Bee as a fake news site when they're a parody site. You know, they've actually gotten tagged on Facebook as being, well, this is not accurate news. It's like, no, it's the Babylon Bee. It's well, it's but, but parody. But it's, I, and I don't know the Babylon Bee specifically, but there it's are. It's like the Onion. Okay, good. Well, then, the, but there are websites out there that tout themselves as parody sites. Yes. But they have tagged the "it's a parody site" down in tiny, tiny print at the bottom, right. and people are sharing their stories as news. Right. But when the Babylon <clears throat> Bee, I mean, the Babylon Bee this is, is obvious, obvious satire, like the like the Onion. Well, of course, one, we're in this. We're in this. When they're in this. But part we've had now, political people who have quoted the Onion as being stories. Well, because like, a lot of times you look at the Onion and you sit there and go, "Wait a minute, is this is this an actual headline or is this an?" Onion because because we're the, people we're, are acting so crazy. We're in the world right now. Where yes, know. where that's, they, that, yeah. that's where we are. But um, and and the, I think the reboot mentality is part of that. It's we have to stay safe. We have to do the things that we know. We don't want to try well, anything new. We don't want to try I anything think crazy. Some of that, and I think we talked about this before too. It's the it's the people who are running things now are our age. Right, so they are—they're rebooting the things that they loved when they were kids. They want the new version of their of their safe thing when they were a child, that thing yeah. that they loved. But you also see things like we're getting a new Mortal Kombat movie, right? Next year. That's what it, I, I think. That's that's, that's I think right. it's next year. Um, and you know the now video games, of course, reboot themselves all the time. That's how they that's how they sell new copies. Sure. Right. Yeah, new versions. Um, new, new... And to some degree, the Mortal Kombat f- game franchise. Has rebooted itself very successfully. Yeah, they uh, just, they, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, I think, just yeah. came out. And they've leaned, they've leaned heavily into the thing that made them famous when they were, when when they were breaking into the the worldwide recognition they have, which is the whole fatality thing and just really diving into the whole, you know, let's let's make this hyper violent, almost to the point of parody. <laughs> what, um, Sonia? says uh the the people who know him talking about Andy Warhol can't eat Burger King the cholesterol is too high <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh sorry that's beautiful um <laughs> now if that doesn't date us yeah well and so you I mean you, you so they've you know they basically embraced this whole let's do the fatality thing hyper huge what is she doing is she- Standing in a box on top of a plastic thing. Penny, get out of the box. She's pretending to be a cat. There I we d- go. I don't understand. It, every it's, week, every it's a week. a dog thing. This has been. This is. A, this is a new thing. <laughs> this is a new thing for them to be so active down here. See, because when I come down here to work, they are. They want their fifteen minutes of fame. I, that must be it. But see, I come down here, and they're cuter than we are. Alfie follows me down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he brings chicken. Sometimes he doesn't. But he goes over and he curls up in his bed. He goes to sleep. Right. Yeah. And I work, and he sleeps. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that tonight. No, they 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 are they are where the, the, there's a thing going on, and they want to be a part of it. Anyway, um, anyway. So so when you look, consider what we've had for Mortal Kombat movies, mm-hmm. rebooting something like Mortal Kombat and doing it with a budget, and doing it with uh, something that and video games are video games are, are almost a special case though. 
because when you consider yeah. that the 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 adaptation of video games has been in film has been shall we say uneven i hear less than successful i hear catastrophically bad well not necessarily i mean some of them some of them do fairly well and i hear that silent hill the first silent hill i think was uh, about as close as you could hope for for a adaptation of that material in video form silent hill the, the sequel starring Jon snow was not so much I'm I'm hearing rumblings that we're getting a possible reboot of the Resident Evil films. Right, right. Um, which we've just gone through how many? Seven films? Something in that like series? that. But for as much as you might you know, as, as much as there is a fan base that is all about Mila Jovovich in slinky clothing. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm also saying they were not good adaptations of the source material. They well, were very I much. I would say they probably became their own thing. Oh, but they they start they started off. They well they started off from the first film, and the first film is probably the best of them. Yeah. I think you could argue very strongly that the first film was the best of them, but it's not a very faithful adaptation of the source material. And I think that the problem with video games is that, well, of course you know we've had, uh, what's his name, um, the German director, Uwe Boll. Uwe, oh God. Who has managed to butcher? Can be, because because there was a time when it was really really easy to get the rights to these things to make a film, yeah. and he has for all the fact and and I think he's a terrible director, and he from all accounts he's not a very good person, but he's a a canny guy. Be very, be very careful. He'll 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 challenge Come you. Come at me. Boxing ring. You know. Be Fifteen he, minutes. He actually did that. He I know, but I am more than happy to cheat. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, but he he realized that he could take advantage of a certain German tax structure to make these films Mm -hmm. and make money, even if the films didn't, which they generally don't. Yeah. Um, But he's made a ton of bad adaptations of video games. Well, and and you get also into... House of the Dead. (laughs) The Asylum. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, Asylum making movies that are... Mockbusters. Almost carbon copies of whatever is coming out mm-hmm. at the time. And they're usually released before the other Straight one Straight to video, yep. And mm. they are designed so that the un... The, the, un, the uncareful, the, the unwary... Un, the unwary will actually rent theirs or buy their VOD instead of the one they think they're getting. By mistake. By mistake. Yes. And you know what? It works for them. And yet they've actually made some entertaining television. Um, which is so bizarre how they're actually... Did, did, they, did they do the Sharknado films? Uh, yes, they did the Sharknado films. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about Z Nation. Yeah. Um, which is not great television. No. But it's well. entertaining television. And they also made the um, um, Black Summer series that I think just ran on Netflix. Dustin and I watched that for Zompocalypse Down. It's Black terrible. Summer. Yeah, it was... I didn't hear about that one. It's, uh, it's basically supposed to be the prequel... To Z Nation, oh right, right, right. right. Okay, um, yep, and it's yep. it's awful. I mean, it's yep. just awful, and it's a shame because it's produced well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's actually in terms of its visual texture, it's actually done well. Um, but God, the story that it's it's full of dumb people doing dumb things. It's really bad. Well, I would I would I would say that if you're doing any kind of a zombie film, 
or any kind of apocalyptic film, you're going to get dumb people doing dumb things just for the sake. I think of there's there's the some of that forward. some of that's built in there. Although we do that's, find that's that, baked into the into the pastiche. Yeah, but I think that you run into well, oddly enough, in the comedies and the parodies of zombie films, you find people acting much more sensibly than they do um, in in the serious ones. But so you end up with, I mean, you sometimes you get the, okay, so like Dawn of the Dead. Okay, however you feel about Zack Snyder, his Dawn of the Dead was viewed as a fairly good remake of the original Dawn of the Dead. Right. It didn't ape it entirely. It didn't sit there. It didn't um, treat it as something that it needed to run away from. It caught a lot of the same. Sorry, the the dog the dog is starting to make noises now. That's, yes, that's for those of you who are wondering why we're why we're suddenly looking. <laughs> what is the over... dog doing? What? Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, and so he's doing a sequel. Well, the Dawn of the Dead films, or <laughs> the Sonia says, no more zombies. Uh, no, no more zombies. Die already. No pun intended. Uh, I think, yeah, I think zombie films are played out for now. Um, we'll see. What's, well, God, Until no. Resident Evil reboot comes out, comes along. Well, then. well, I mean, then you have ones like the, well, the zombie comedies. I think have legs to them. Um, because I Aren't think we getting another one from we're getting from Simon Pegg and his. It's not as team. I don't think we're getting a zombie film from them. We got. It's a comedy, but it's not. A, I don't think it's a zombie no, it's comedy. A zombie. Um, okay. We've got we've got the one for. Um, uh, we've got Zombieland 2, right. which people have been waiting for for a long time. So everyone's you know really, really hopeful it's going to be funny because uh, you know the first one has a really huge fan base. Right. And it's, it's a fun film. And so you really you hope that it's going to have the, the ability to be what it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, uh, um, oh, for heaven's sakes. And I just talked about it on Saturday, the new uh, one from... Um, the new zombie film from the new zombie comedy from the star of us. Um, Lupita Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember you. The Red Band trailer is hysterical, and she's so and, she, and and you know if you, she's so good in us, and then you don't. She's so serious in that mm-hmm. that you're kind of going. But can she do comedy? <laughs> yes, yes, she can. Her delivery is just dead on, and I will look it up here without without uh, pausing too much here. Well, and and while you're looking at that, there are there are the reboots that we're looking forward to. Like you're talking about, sometimes you take one that was poorly executed the first time around, and you do. And reboots are not I mean, remakes are not, are not um, a new thing. But you get somebody like you get something like, um, hey, now, dogs. <laughs> I don't know what got into their kibble, um, but apparently, there's not enough of the CBD oil. <sighs> Sorry about that, brother. Now suddenly we've got the nah. World War Z two, ugh, why? Sonya's Sonya's on a roll. So that maybe we can actually have it made properly the first time. See, that's an example. That's an example of a film that is. It ignores its source material, and there's there there's another show for us because I'm in the process of watching um, the Rook, the Rook, which is. I mean, it can. 
it ignores its source material in an incredibly egregious manner. Yeah. The more the show goes on, the more it's like, why did you choose this source material to adapt if you're not going to adapt this source material? I think some people were wondering An adaptation, that very thing. Adaptation in name only. Yeah, I think people were wondering that, that thing about the whitewashed Akira. That well, we didn't get, thankfully, but there's still rumblings out there that, as, is it Taika Waititi who's supposed to be doing that after he gets done with Thor? Um, there is some discussion of that, yes. This is a remake that we do not need. So here's the problem with this, with remaking this film. First of all, there's a really fantastic anime, which I think is about as faithful as you can get. Yes. And so first, if you... And it's brilliant. And if you haven't seen it, you should. But it's also a cultural thing. There's this... Okay, so so some stories are universal. Mm -hmm. Some stories work outside of their original source culture. Godzilla. Godzilla. Dracula... Or the vampire myth the, that mm. comes out of Eastern Europe in that in that form, right. um, and it's it's turned out to have a lot of legs in in worldwide storytelling. Right, you can you can you can take it all over the world in in that kind of vampire. Right, yes, not quite long in the tooth yet. Not quite, um, but there's but there's also a rich history of say Asian vampire stories that haven't had that kind of exposure, right. which is kind of a shame because some of them are really creepy. Uh, but you. Uh, I think I think uh, the Asian the Asian stories got over overcome by the dragons more than anything else. The, the you know the the samurai and the dragons. Uh, sure, and, okay, and yeah, that yeah, group I could... as opposed to the vampires because the vampires where it had from from the European myths. Mm -hmm. So it's possible it was just one of those things where one one fit one fit here and one fit here and. And because you didn't have dragons in Europe, um, what well, you didn't have you didn't have them in this. Well, you did, but you had they were more your um, um, Saint George and the Dragon. It was built into a certain a certain other kind of storytelling. Mm -hmm. But you look at um, you look at something like Akira, which is so tied into the Japanese experience with the atomic bomb, right? And this is they are the only country. The only nation, the only people who have ever been on the receiving end of a nuclear weapon. And it has, two. And it has been, you know, it, it, it shaped their culture in a way that no other culture has. And so Akira is a very <clears throat> specific, it, it's, an, it's, a, it's, an, it's a, a manga and an anime that anyone around the world can get into. And I, I highly encourage you too. It's a brilliant story, um, but it's it's turning it around and having an American American version of that film with with American with, you know because it was going to be set in a New York and it was right. going to be a white cast. Um, guys, you're you're losing a critical piece of the story, which is the cultural component that. Some stories you can do that you can take them and they become a universal thing, but some stories just you uh, I now it would have last, to be written so right. well. The last description that I saw about the production with Waititi attached to it mm -hmm. had it set in Neo Tokyo again. Mm -hmm. So there's at least that much where they've gone back to the source material, at least in the log line, 
Um, and one would expect that if you're going to be set in Neo-Tokyo, that maybe you have a Japanese cast, or at least a predominantly Japanese mm-hmm. cast. You could have... You know, oh, you yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, you can, you can have, but, an, have an international cast, but make those core characters. They've got to be. Yeah, they, they, they but really I don't should see... Be. I don't see the necessity of making a live action Akira. And, and, and it, and it, and it's part and parcel with what I'm seeing Disney do with their live action adaptations of the animated films. They're completely unnecessary. Well, and, it, and I think and in Disney's it case, it's me as a money grab and nothing else. I think to a large part, it is a money grab. And I think that, and, and, and you know what, that's, that's an effective business model. I'm not on, from an, on an artistic level, it's not a good it's thing. It's lazy. Well, yeah, it is. But on our, well, from, but so, from a but fine, it's from also a, safe. Yeah, well, it's it, also safe, and that goes back to what we were talking about. People our age that are running the studios, sure. they go back to what they but know. But on a finite, but a financial model, it's like it's like it's free money. Yeah, really. No, well, nobody wants to do anything. Nobody wants to experiment. Nobody wants to do the next thing. Well, because I they don't that, know it's going to work. I mean, yeah, we I saw how long afraid. it took to get. Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. You know we've talked about that. You know the mm-hmm. the mindset. Hollywood gets stuck in one well, mode of thought and they also that sit there lasts and, for fifteen twenty well, years. And they, and they will they change. will run whatever theme is going until they have melted every penny out of it. Which again, it's a business. This is how it works, right? right. So I mean, I mean, this is not this is not like a business bashing thing, but it's it's a simple fact that they will as superheroes will be. A thing, superhero movies will be a gigantic thing with, you know, 200, 300 million dollar budgets as long as they are making almost or over a billion dollars. And I would say that Marvel Phase 4, if they're not careful, might not make as much money as what we've seen so far. Well, and I was thinking about them. I think we're, I think, I think Endgame was the tipping point for a lot of people. You know they're seeing they're seeing the stuff that's been announced so far. Yeah, how much how much of that of that? Okay, so yes, the Marvel movies have a very successful formula, right? right? Which I think that if you look at if you if you line all of their films up, you can see that the formula was used a lot. Oh yeah, it was, and sometimes more successful than others. And I think that the weaker the weaker part of the spectrum for Marvel films show how well or necessarily not well that formula works all the time. <laughs> Sometimes that formula needs to be, that it needs to be departed from yeah. to make the film better. So when she says, take my money, Disney, and then she says, take my money, Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that, but the, but, but the question becomes, I think for me, as I think about the, I'm interested in the new slate of Marvel films. Okay. I'm thinking well, this could be a lot of fun. There, but it the, could be if but, it's done right. But how much of how much of the draw for audiences turned out to be Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans? Yeah. Um, you know, how much? How Plus ten years? Yeah. You know? So I mean, you're basically starting over now with Phase Four, which and, and it may work. And I think and and personally, because I look at some of what they're trying to do, the Eternals could be a very interesting movie. So essentially, they're rebooting their franchise, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah, which which is a risk, and yeah. and power, all power to them for taking that risk. Um, I'm actually more excited, but the thing is, I'm more excited about getting a new Gods movie 
over at DC than I am about getting an Eternals. But I'm also See, but I'm also more worried about the New Gods movie than I'm I about. am too because Ava DuVernay does not have a good track record for successful films. Wrinkle in Time. Well, she's did not do well. well in the no, box she's, office. she's got a very, very she's got well a very good received. track record for successful films. She doesn't have a great track record for successful genre films. Okay, yeah, I will. I her will, I her will her dramas do extremely well. The thing is, and we've got, and we've got for, Ava DuVernay, who, no matter how you feel about it, you know, one one way or the other. She brings she brings her politics into every discussion about whatever it is that she's doing. Sure, right. Okay, that turns off a lot of people. But new, but the thing about and, New Gods is that the the politics in New Gods is very much old school morality play politics. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, but see, the thing about it is though, again, we go back to you have to be very careful. Oh, sure. Because yeah. if well, you turn it into I think you have you know, to be preaching your politics instead of the politics of the characters. Then you well, but it, it's it's it's, it's a, I think it's a little harder in something. In a, in, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying it's harder in, in a story like the New Gods mm -hmm. because Darkseid is so much the embodiment of evil. Well, and you've also got and he's mixed going to be reaction. he's going to be so much of a big exa a big a big bad for the DC universe. If it's it, done right. If See, it's that's done the right. thing because a lot of people there was mixed reaction to the fact that Tom Tom King is co-writing. Because he's just done a run on Mr. Miracle for DC Comics. Mm -hmm. He was doing the run on Batman. He got pulled from it early right. because sales are down. People are not... People didn't like his run on Batman. They didn't like what he was doing with it. And, you know, when when one of your flagship titles is not even breaking well, but, you know, but 80, 80 90,000, and that's shipped, that's not sold at the retail level. Right, right. But I'm, I'm, his but, numbers were not good. But and you also look at some of these, you know, some, some of the big writers, some of the biggest writers in comic book history, have had mixed runs. So I don't know. I don't know that I would read that into it. I mean, Chris Claremont did not always have great storytelling. John Byrne did not always have great storytelling. No, George that's Perez true. did not always have great storytelling. And these are some of the class. These are some right. of the no, guys. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not saying that Tom King is going to be, you know, is going to screw it up. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but. The fact that King has such a mixed bag track record so far mm. well, has people concerned about what he's going to do. But I also, but I also this think this movie. is something that we're where we see this in a way that we didn't used to see it when you and I were reading comics in our teens and our twenties, where it was the letters column, right? And it was yeah. the letters column was a page long, and so you got like three. Or four <laughs> letters, yeah. or five if one, if a couple of them were short. Right now, it's instant instant feedback. I'm less concerned. I want to. St I'm I'm waiting for the concept art. I'm waiting for the first. Here's here's our first shot of what Dark Side's going to look like, and I'll be like going, Ooh, give me. This is what this is what you know. High Father looks like. Doesn't Ooh. necessarily mean that's what the movie's going to look. Oh, like. I know, but this is. I'm looking for like official release stuff, like right. and and for however you feel about A Wrinkle in Time, and I feel like A Wrinkle in Time was. An ambitious disappointment. Because um, I think visually it was very interesting. Story-wise, I think it, it... Wrinkle in Time is a tough one. Because it is so beloved. It's not that tough. If you stay true to the source material, which... But I've also... I mean, you staying true to the source material... 
which we have seen happen a lot in adapting something for film from book. Yeah. For a lot of different reasons, doesn't always happen. But I, I think, I think one of the there's two components that are going to have to happen with something like the New Gods. One is you've got to find a way to capture the Jack Kirby visual yes. madness, which is so important to which you saw some e- of. Well, Eternals it, is also yeah, is, is another one. At, if you look at Thor Ragnarok. There is some Kirby in that. Oh yeah, you can see Kirby. You can see the and Kirby that, DNA in it. And I think that good. I think that if if they really lean into this, if they really sit there and go, you know, this is going to be if this is going to be DC's cosmic, let's go big, let's go, you know, epic here. And then you've established these characters you can put in other movies if time goes by. If you want to, you can have Darkseid as a big bad. You can bring in Scott Free and Big Barda and and right. some of these other characters. Um, well, and we do have confirmation that Big Barda and the Furies are going to be part of this film, right? Which is which is could be really really cool. I'm 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 excited and I'm concerned. I'm worried because of course you want to see it done right. Sure. And we know very well that there's a, there's an ability of whether it's Marvel or DC. Marvel has had a good track record of late, but it's this is not the first time they've their properties have made it out into the world. Right. And they have not always gotten it right. And DC has gotten it right, and they've gotten it wrong, and they've gotten it right, and they've gotten it wrong. They've actually got a better track record early on of getting it right, or righter, than they have, you know. And, right. and however you feel about the however you feel about the Snyder films, they were successful. They made money. Successful doesn't mean good. No. Well, no. And that's, and that's and not... I mean, the, that's the, the, thing the, about the fact Reba. that they're mutually exclusive is really... Well, and that's another thing coming back to, to, to looping around specifically to reboots. You look at what happened, and this is something I want to talk about another time with the, with the concept of the critic-proof movie. Horror films, for a, in a large yeah. part, have been critic-proof. Because you can, you, we're getting a new, we, we, got, we got a new Halloween film. Yeah. Which ignored everything but the first Halloween film. And when you consider that, there are a lot of fans who considered Halloween 2 to be a flawed, but generally speaking, decent sequel yeah. to the first one. So there are people who are sitting there going, you're ignoring Halloween 2? What's wrong with you? <laughs> and yet we had a very successful Halloween reboot 20. Yeah. of the entire franchise. I mean, sit there and went, we're ignoring everything. And, and the new Terminator film, we're ignoring Everything but the first two films. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. Well, but the question, question you have to ask yourself is, first of all, it's a time travel series, so you sure. can do whatever you want. You can do that. But at the same time, how much do you really sit there and go, it, it matters to me that Terminator 3, Terminator 3 stays in continuity. It well, matters to me that we, Terminator we, Salvation stays in, in continuity. That, and and that you mentioned time travel and saying a continuity and, and reboots and stuff. There were there are there are rumors, and they're only rumors. They're they're just rumors at this point that Star Wars Episode Nine might involve some time travel because okay, the, because Star Wars done, needs time travel. Star Wars has time travel. If if you have if you have paid attention in the animated series Star Wars Rebels, there is a realm, a force-driven realm mm-hmm. of exist plane, a different plane of existence, where you're basically in this. Do you remember? Okay, do you remember when Bugs Bunny first met Marvin the Martian? 
and he had all of the all of the 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 floor but there were no walls or anything mm-hmm. in the station where Marvin the Martian, you know, it was all wide to be open a in kaboom. space. Where's the earth shattering kaboom? Yes, but but so this this space is like that. It's it's space. You have the floor, right, and all this. But there are all of these doors, these portals, to mm-hmm. various different points in time, and they've so it's not it's not exactly time travel. Like you would see in like Back to the Future right, or the right. Terminator or anything sure. like that. But there's a space where you get there, you can go any when. And there are some people that are saying, well, maybe they'll use that to retcon The Last Jedi out of out of the story. Uh-huh. You know, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. But you know, there's there's that that wonder. There's some people that are wondering. If episode nine is going to reboot, re it, it fix this trilogy because it went so far off the rails with what Ryan Johnson um, did. But you know, I mean, but that doesn't technically qualify as a reboot so much. Well, I mean, Except, that's you know, you're you're basically resetting things within the continuity of what you're working on. Sure, and that's something that that has happened in comic books. It's happened in it's happened in novels. There have been uh, a book series where the the writer has sat there and went, <laughs> that, no, that one didn't work too well. Yeah. Uh, and and certainly you can get away with that in, in some areas easier than others. I think I think it's for however you feel about the last Star Wars film. Um, bear in mind we all survived the prequels, and that where we're going with. Honestly, here's here's here. I've 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 reached the point where I'm more excited about telling Star Wars stories with as okay as much as I love the original cast, as much as I love seeing their the end of their stories, mm-hmm. um, and and it feels like a, a completion. I'm more interested in seeing stories about characters I don't know, and having well, new adventures out in this universe with people I, that I don't I can know. agree with you. Except, um, I would have liked to see the original trilogy characters, and I haven't seen them. Well, and I, I th- kind of saw Han Solo because I think it's Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford is being Harrison Ford, and the rest well, of it. But I think also it's it's a tough it's a tough tough thing because it's very very easy to write those characters. And have them change over time in the book lines, where you can, where you can see the evolution of a character over time. Sure. But when, but when you bring the hold on, but when you bring those characters back, twenty years later, thirty years later, in film, uh-huh. and expect them to be exactly the same as they were. Hold, I don't. I don't I, expect I, them I, to I, be hold, the same. Hold on. I didn't expect them hold to on. be the same. Hold on. But the thing is, is that if you change them beyond a certain for a viewing audience, if you change them beyond a certain narrow parameter. Right, they stop being those characters. But I would even submit, though the person you are now versus the person you were twenty years ago or thirty yes, years ago. Yes, that's true. There and is I am a so tough, a tough recognition question. But and I that's would a, that's, submit that's a problem with fiction. But I would submit that in this particular case, given the fact that the original Star Wars trilogy made its bones over the fact that all of these characters were archetypes. 
Sure. But then then <clears throat> what you do is, yes, these characters are going to evolve, they're going to grow, they're right. going to change, but those changes have to fit within the architect. Have to fit within the architect. They have to fit within the within the expectation what we already know about the character. They have but to I be think, consistent. I think that, I think this is this is a problem that we've got now with and and I say problem in more of in a sense of uh, a conflict, right? Between the kinds of storytelling that was acceptable, quote unquote, uh, then versus storytelling demands now. And we that saw it only goes so far. Well, it does only go so far, but I also think you can't ignore it because we see it in television all the time. Right. And I'm not saying ignore it, but, but I'm also the saying Luke Skywalker that I'm, we got in the last Jedi was that, not consistent with Luke Skywalker of everything else. Well, the problem is, is that and this is this is on Disney where they sat there and went, we're ignoring everything else. We're the expanded universe yeah. is out. So, so fans who had the expanded universe to know these characters in a way that you that were where they were not necessarily archetypes on the page, right? In many ways, they were very very human on the page, in a way that archetypes often are not. But with all that gone, and Disney saying this is who these people are now in this world. And however you feel about it, they made a creative decision. They went with it. Right. Fans can like it or dislike it. This is how things work. Yeah. Whether you, if you don't like it, I I understand that. But the thing is, this is how this works. It's tough. Right, and, and I would agree with that. And and but this is how Force, it works. The Force Awakens, I thought was was fairly good. Mm -hmm. You know, it it did what it was supposed to right. do, which is basically saying it made a Star Wars understand. movie. It made a Star Wars movie. The Last Jedi, I hated the Last Jedi. I, I think, absolutely hated the last. I Jedi. think that I think the last Jedi they made some decisions that, for whatever reason, they thought they were the right ones. For whatever reasons they thought that what they were trying to do, for however again, however you feel about it, and <laughs> and there's a definitely there's no question there's been a fan backlash on it. Yes, but the thing is that they sat there and went, "This is what we want to do," and they did it. And this is where this is where you run into that with beloved characters. Right. Matuine says apparently Lando hasn't changed at all, not even his wardrobe, because he is wearing the same shirt that Donald Glover's Lando do wore you, in Solo. Do you think that this would not? I mean, the, okay, this film, this film is, however, how whatever their intentions with the Last Jedi were, they're also in the business of making money. Yeah. So they are going to look at they're they are looking at the fan reaction. It's the same thing that happened with Justice League to its detriment, in terms of, in terms of what we got. There's no question that it is tonally inconsistent with the previous Zack Snyder DC films. Right, and that is, it's jarring, right? And however you feel about the Snyder cut or blah blah blah, Justice League. What it, no matter the Snyder cut or the version that we got, both of them have, were influenced by the reaction to mm -hmm. Batman v Superman, for mm -hmm. good and for ill, and this is what you know. You know the new Star Wars film has been as well. I mean, they're it's a well, it, think, they're in the business of making money. I think part of it the fans didn't like it. With, Let's give them what well, they said I think they want. Episode Episode Nine has a lot riding on it. Not oh, just sure. not just we need to win the fans back that hated Last Jedi, but also the fact that. You're wrapping up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, 
40 years of continuity. It's got to be it's got to be Return of the King. Films. Yeah, it's 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 like, got to be it, massive. It can't be The Hobbit. It's got to be Return of the King. But one thing that I that I noticed and and I noticed this at at Celebration hmm. was how much they were minimizing Kathleen Kennedy's presence. Because a lot of blame, justified or not, falls at her feet for The Last Jedi. People are sitting there saying, Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy have ruined Star Wars. Now, which they haven't. Which they, they haven't ruined it. But they have they have caused some pretty heavy damage, I think. I, I honestly don't because think... I don't think much, they've caused as much damage as going to... My going to seeing... Um, the first of the prequels and being bored. I would rather dislike a movie than be bored. And well, that movie, with the exception of the fight at the end between the you know Obi Wan and Qui Gon and Darth Maul, is a snooze. It is <laughs> dull. It is poor, poor writing. It is, well, yeah, and it is. It but, is glossy to the point of of cartoonish. But that it's a goes bad movie. But that goes back to my theory on the prequels versus the original trilogy. Is the pre the, the original trilogy had Gary Kurtz? The original trilogy the prequels had, had Rick McCollum. And the biggest difference between the two is that one of them knew how to say no to George Lucas. Exactly. And, and, and yes, that's, that's 100% what it was. George needs someone to sit there and go, ah, uh, no. Yeah. This is dull. But so my personal feelings about The Last Jedi, it's not my, by any stretch of the imagination my favorite, favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. But honestly, it's a better made picture dislike it or not, than any of the prequels. From a craft standpoint? From a craft standpoint, It is yes. a pretty film. It, it is very gorgeous. pretty film. But it's uh, a lot of Kurosawa But you that. know what? I'm not, I wasn't bored with it. But the story's crap. Well, I There are so many holes in the plot. I wasn't always bored. Like, but, see, you know, but see, that goes back to the fan petitions. We want episode eight to get oh, remade. Yeah. Well, yeah, That's yeah. one of those but, things where but, we want a remake okay. of that. But, but folks... Uh, it, the odds of that are happening are as good as the odds of the final season of Game of Thrones getting yeah, remade, right. and they are slightly worse than the Snyder Cut getting released. You know, I really have been surprised at how much traction that hashtag has had in the last two years. That I think to release the Snyder Cut. I thing. think two, there's two reasons for that. I mean, mm-hmm. they 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 took out they had billboards at San Diego this year. I mean, they're still trying to get that. Out. I think I think two things happen. One of them is a very very positive thing is that early on, folks involved with that decided that they wanted to make something good happen out of it, no matter what. And so there was that push for mental health and right. and and suicide prevention and things like that, which I think has made it attractive in a way that just a give us what we want um, yeah. thing wouldn't have. This is, and as someone who's a big advocate for, uh, you know, mental health uh, and getting help when you need it and, and recognizing that, that asking for help is a good thing and, 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 you know, we've, as depression is a thing that I've, you know, we, you and I have talked about this on, on the show and in a personal thing, you know, yeah. my own issues with depression. 
Um, that I think that really, really had an impact with folks that sat there and went, however, wh whether we get this thing or not, at least we can do some good, which I think is rare in this sort of yeah. case. The other thing is, is that there were people, how, again, however much you were a fan of what Snyder was doing with the DC universe, mm -hmm. he was sitting there going, this is the story I'm telling, and he didn't get to finish his story. Right. The thing that came out was clearly not what had in mind. And we got this enough information about what was intended we were going to have Darkseid. <laughs> we were going to have Ray Porter, who I'm a huge fan of his voice work. He does great audiobook. Uh, he's a great audiobook voice guy. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen him get a chance to do Darkseid. That would have been fantastic. He was a great voice for Darkseid. If you could not have had, say, uh, you know, uh, oh God, the, who who are the great Darkseid voices? Um, Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside. If you can't have Michael Ironside, then then you know Ray Porter is like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and so you, when you consider what was intended versus what fans got, you know, if nothing else, the end of the story. Yeah. And so I think that there's some of that. There's also the fact that people like quests that they know are going to fail. <laughs> Quixotic behavior. We're, we're is, tilting at windmills there, right? Yeah. But, well, but there's something fun about tilting at windmills. Speaking of... Um... Well, I, and I don't know how these are related. You see, we're trying to get a. There's they're talking about a remake of Time Bandits. Yes, uh huh. That's, that's the thing that's happening. Yes, it's happening as a mini series. I think. I think it's, something it's, it's like a, that. Yeah. But speaking of voices, <sighs> let's 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 shift gears for just David a second. David Warner is the ultimate evil, folks, and nobody else. Sorry. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh yeah. We talked about this just just briefly yeah, last night. Right. Uh, pineapple. Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne on in screen. The live action on screen. On screen. As... Yes. Now, yes, it'll the, it down. the speculation, it was funny because I sent uh, I sent a link because uh, in this article from TV Line, not only at, at the Television Critics Association, we hmm. got confirmation that the Arrowverse crossover, they do, the, this, they do this crossover every every year. And I know the dog is know. just gonna going to be the dog. The dog. Um, so this year, this coming season, it's going to cross over all five of the Arrowverse shows. So you're going to have Arrow, Flash, Batwoman, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow all connected in this thing. Where are you going? And Penny, get down. And not only are we going to get those characters crossing over, but we're also going to get Black Lightning. In the in, crossover, in, right, yeah. which now, you know, being Crisis on Infinite Earths, you know, multiple dimensions and all these sure, other things, right, yeah. right? So because Black Lightning has been separate and apart from the Arrowverse from mm -hmm. the get-go. It has right. never been connected at all. And now it's going to be. And everybody right. was like, well, it's about time. Yeah. But then we hear that Kevin Conroy is going to play an older Bruce Wayne, live-action Bruce Wayne. And, and we're all, like, what? And all you're thinking is... Heads just wait. You're thinking Batman Beyond, Batman Beyond. Yeah, you've got to give me Batman Beyond. Well, see, and what I'm thinking, well, Burt Ward, yeah, Burt Ward, we knew about Burt Ward before but San Diego. But that's almost stunt casting. Burt Ward is almost stunt casting. It's 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 it, it's, it's fan it's fan service. It's fan service in Just a way like that Brandon is. Just like Brandon Ralph playing yeah. Superman again. But now here's here's the quibble that I've got about that one. 
Mm-hmm. All right. But it feeds into it feeds into my theory about how they're going to get uh, uh, Conroy in this. So, yes, we've got Burt Ward playing Dick Grayson, an right. older Dick Grayson, and he's playing Batman sixty six Dick Grayson. Right. We've mm-hmm. got confirmation of that coming out of San Diego. And in his universe, Batman is dead. Right. Because they're not going to recast Adam West. It's just not going to happen. Who would you use? No, right. I mean, but come on. you know, you but see, this is the other thing where this gives them a chance to do a tribute to Adam West. Right. Yeah. So then you have the news of all of this crossover and stuff. And there's rumor that they're talking to Tom Welling and Linda Carter about reprising their roles, right. mm-hmm. which the site that I've seen it at, take it with a big bag of salt. I don't yeah. know where. Hey, when when the news comes official, great. If yeah. not, it's it's a lovely thing. But at the panel, at the Arrowverse panel, the CW panel, Brandon Routh is there, and they talk about him coming back to play Superman. But right. apparently, at the panel, and I haven't seen this. I need to look. Apparently, they are. They're in the process. They're discussing the costume, the fact that they can't use the costume from the movie right, that he right. was in. So Brandon Routh opens his shirt, and he's got a T-shirt on that's the Kingdom Come Superman mm. logo. And, of course, everybody just loses their minds. Oh, sure. And I keep seeing articles that are reporting, and Alex Ross fed into this because he did a sketch of Brandon sure. Routh as Kingdom Come the prob- Superman. The problem with Brandon Routh as Kingdom Come Superman is he's not old enough. Well, see, that plus I see articles that are reporting that he's going to play the Kingdom Come Superman, yeah. but nobody I'm, has made that official. I'm not saying that he can't do it. I'm saying that personally I would cast an older actor because he's, yeah. he's, he's not that he's super young anymore. No. I mean, he, he's, but he's, he's also, there's a certain, this is, this is where you bring John Ham in. Well, as Superman. You know, that's you not the a king, bad idea. You do, the king, you do John Ham as the king. Because there have been people who have sat there and said, John Hamm should be an older, play an older Superman, or well, or, or an older, Kane. or yeah, or Gene Kane. But John Hamm is they've been floating John Hamm as entering the DC universe as Superman or Batman for a long time. Right. Um, but see, this is how you get Conroy in. Yeah. Is not necessarily as Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne, mm. but if we're going to get Kingdom Come Superman, oh, then we have Kingdom Come Bruce I Wayne. See, I'm, and I'm I'm totally on board. I'm with totally that. on board with that. That's perfectly fine with uh, me. I, I and that would be great. Put Linda Carter in there. Put Linda as Carter, Kingdom, Con- Kingdom, Kingdom Come Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman? I, w- I want her I'm in that. Co- I'm I'm all in- put her in that costume, and I think it would be fantastic. So take my money, CW, <laughs> for the free television available <laughs> with a cable subscription. <laughs> but, but yeah, but you're gonna you you're gonna buy the DVDs. Oh well, that's true. You and the Blu-rays. The ex- you want the extras? Yeah. Um. And and the extras would be so fun on that, oh, right? Because now you could get John Wesley Ship. Mm-hmm. As Flash of Earth ninety, right, and he can come back. And you could get Mark Hamill as Trickster, mm-hmm. possibly. Sure, why not? Um, but yeah, there's all sorts Lean of opportunities. Lean into it. Lean, you absolutely. Yeah, Helen Slater. As, yes, as Power Woman, maybe. Maybe you know, she's evolved now, her character. Now I would, I would draw the line at, at this point. I would draw the line at bringing Kevin Spacey in in any <laughs> capacity. Well, see, and if you're going to do Batman Beyond, you could do Conroy as Kingdom Come Bruce Wayne, and for Batman Beyond, you bring in Michael Keaton. Well, it's true because that's what people have been talking about for a long but time. But you know, but you know, you really, really want that that multiple Luthers in there. So you're not going to get Gene Hackman. No. 
Um, and I mean, John Cry- we got John Cryer on Supergirl. Right, but yeah, you'd want someone to play for John Cryer to play off of. And unfortunately, I mean, you get Michael Rosenbaum. Sure. If you could get him, sure. then you should. I'm sure. Dear I'm, DC. I think he, I think he probably oh, would do for this. For this, he probably would. I, I, I imagine he's... Um, but... Will they have a lantern in the crisis? Well, okay. In this past crossover this season there is a moment where i believe john wesley ships barry allen flash right looks at john diggle from arrow Mm -hmm. and says oh you don't have the ring in this universe and it's established there that john diggle's middle name is stewart so John Stewart Diggle, who's, you know, he's military. I mean, everybody has been saying that Diggle is going to be the John Stewart Green Lantern for the longest time. Which I think, so, which I'm, I'm fine with. I, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it works out perfectly because mm-hmm. John Stewart is an ex-Marine. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got the military background. I'm like, okay, it fits. You can make it work. Um, but we are going to get John Diggle Jr., in the next season of Arrow, mm-hmm. as uh, you know, because we're going to be in the future, right? Yeah, and um, you could, since now we've established John Stewart Diggle in some universe has the Green Lantern ring, right? You could, in Crisis on Infinite Earths, you could see a John Stewart Green Lantern. I would yeah. not, I would not discount the possibility, even though we haven't done it, heard anything about it yet. That would be one of those things where they're either going to tease it to death or it's going to be one of the things that gets announced somehow somewhere on on yeah. on the, social media or the whatever. Pro- the problem with doing a Green Lantern in the TV ah. setting with the kind of budget that CW applies to these shows, yeah, which was, is a decent amount of money, more or less... But the budget for a Green Lantern show would be very, very expensive. Well, I mean, and, and that's that's how you do this because if you it's do, a one off, it's, it's a, a it one appears, off. It appears in a couple you episodes. Throw, you, yeah, you could throw two, you know a couple of constructs and be done and right, yeah. and go to the next universe. Right. So and that's how they're going to have to do half of this anyway. Oh yeah, you know these guys are are not because you because the the regular cast of these shows are so big. The ensembles well, and if are you, so big. If you go back to the original Crisis on Infinite Earths comic, you got a lot of these alternate universes for two or three pages. Yeah, there were no. And so you're looking at five minutes of screen time, and you've you've sold your you know you've you've got Burt Ward for five minutes, and there yeah. you go. And if he and gets his moment, he gets his moment, and and the DC the Batman sixty six universe gets eaten. Please don't eat the Batman 66 universe. Yeah. That would be wrong. But this is how it works, right? So so that's fine. And you can have five minutes of a Green Lantern and, and go, we got Green Lantern! Yeah. Yay! Well, and we and they, would, they teased Hal Jordan in, in I think, the second or third season of, of Arrow. Right. Where we're in the bar... And the guy, there's a guy that walks across in a flight jacket, mm-hmm. and it, and the name Jordan is on right. the thing, and he's in and out and zip. Now we've had Ferris Air, right, 
in in the Arrowverse. It exists. Right. Well, I mean, Cord Enterprises is in there. And we had Ferris. uh, uh, You know, again, the Snyderverse was, you know, a remix of some of these things. So uh, uh, Ferris was the the lieutenant uh, in the military Mm -hmm. um, that was in uh, um, Man of Steel. Yeah. And so there's there's ways of putting this stuff in there. I think, I think it should be. A lot of fun. It will be. It will be. So, we've gone almost two hours. Uh, so we have. I think. I think. I think. I think I see a pumpkin over there. <laughs> we'll have to reboot this next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, and, and how many reboots are necessary? This is we'll, we'll get it right one of these times. This is this is episode one hundred and ninety. Yeah. I mean we've 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 gone a while on this and and this this location, mm-hmm. you know, this set, the new studio and everything, the new setup and all of the stuff, and we've got three cameras and we've got somebody over there engineering the show and we're here and sitting in this. Mm-hmm. This is technically even a reboot. She, even though she's nodding off. I know. I know. But this is technically a reboot for sure. us in that you know we've got a new look and we've got a new design. But we're coming up on our 200th episode yeah. in about 10 weeks. Assuming that we do an episode every week right, right, for right. the next 10 weeks, we'll be up to 200. Mm-hmm. We probably should do something for that. Maybe? Maybe there should be cake. There could be cake, but we can't give them cake. We can't give you know the people out there in our audience. We can't give them. We, can, so we, we can do something. We can for offer them. them a slice. They just have to reach okay. through, yes, <laughs> and take it. That's right. That's right. How? What? What could we do for episode two hundred? We'll have to think about. That. Yes, we'll have to think about something. We'll have to think about that. Maybe that's where we. Well, yeah, we'll have to think about that. <clears throat> I don't know. Episode two hundred. Two hundred. You. It, it reminds me. You remember when? Um, Stargate had their 200th episode mm-hmm. and it was a big to do and and there was all sorts of stuff inside. That was the one where they did all the, the different fun gag yeah, yeah. bits. We could do something. Well, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to think about that. <laughs> For episode 200, we'll have the dogs do the show. Well, considering they're trying to do it tonight. I I don't know what got into them. They just they they want to be stars. Are, they are eating a new food. So that might have something to do with it. I don't know. But. Sure. They've okay. finally calmed down now that the show's over. Oh, well, yeah. They, they, That's just how that they works. Don't, they, don't, they don't need to be on the air now. Yes. Yeah. Sonia says we should eat Burger King for our 200th episode. <laughs> wear white wigs and eat Burger King? Yeah, I don't know about the wigs. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, eat, I don't, I'm, I'm close enough to, as <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't need a wig. Oh. I mean, my, hair, my hair won't, won't I, do it. I'm but. white here. Uh, yeah, 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 I could let that grow back My out. Hair won't stand out like like Warhols with without some serious help. Yeah, we could do we could do the Warhol thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So. so so. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. If you have uh, thoughts on reboots and remakes and re- we didn't even really get into requels, but yeah. Uh, well, Halloween, I guess, uh, Halloween, count for that. Yeah. Um, you can send us your thoughts, h2o at sci fi dot com, or uh, hit us up on all of the social media, uh, the hashtag H2O podcast. And um, don't forget that we have an arrangement with superhero stuff.com mm-hmm. 
where you can enter the promo code sci-fi for me 10 and you get a discount a 10 percent discount 10 percent discount Often on top of other sale prices. Yes, and it can be used in combination with other prices. Uh, if, if, they're, if they're running a sale, if they're doing discounts, as long as you don't have to enter another code right. in yeah. the checkout, then our, our code can be used in combination with other offers. So uh, we're happy to have them on board as a, as a marketing partner. I, yes. I would like to know... Um, and I haven't heard back from Ben, but I would like to know it, how many people have actually availed themselves of that discount. It well, would be if you haven't, you should, because we're supposed to get a little piece of that. <laughs> and I don't know that I don't know that too many people have used that. Um, we are monetized. If you're in live chat, we have super chat. And um, if you talk about the topic for five minutes, it counts as the title. We talked about the topic. What was the topic again? Reboots and remakes. Oh, okay. That we that was the bulk of our conversation. I mean, certainly it, it took us a while to lean into it, but well, yeah. you know, we got there. We got eventually. the digre- We started off with the digression. I'm actually surprised that Sonia's still up. <laughs> well, and still and still listening to us. Sometimes, sometimes she's like, "Oh, I'm done." <laughs> actually we're done all right so that's going to do it for us thanks very much for watching folks if you are listening uh on iHeartRadio or if you're listening on any of the podcast players thanks very much don't yes. forget we do uh, we do the show live on our youtube channel every monday night at 8 p.m central mm-hmm. and we'll do it again next week Copyright 2019 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.